Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. We're into the later part of May, Memorial Day weekend coming up here this weekend, and that means it is a busy, busy time on the high school sports calendar, specifically spring sports. We had softball playoffs get underway last week, got things going. We had uh, continuing softball playoffs earlier this week. Regional baseball starts on Thursday, sectional uh, tennis, boys tennis got underway this week. You had uh, around the state track and field meets, regional meets on Monday and in one on Tuesday as well. Boys golf regionals, you have uh, uh, track and field sectionals on Thursday. So it is a, a busy time to, to get going with, uh, with spring sports. And now it's a race to the finish. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be essentially wrapped up with the spring sports uh, calendar and, and schedule certainly goes by fast, especially with all the weather issues that we had earlier this year, but uh, we're, we're excited to be into that postseason action today on the WSN podcast. In, in just a minute, we're going to get to our guest for today. Our good friend, Nate Byer from GX three media, going to talk to him about his experiences uh, covering high school sports and kind of his, uh, his uh, path to, to where he is today. And get his thoughts on uh, on all kinds of high school sports matters because if you if you know Nate if you follow Nate he's not afraid to uh, to give some suggestions out there as well. But we do want to uh, remind everybody to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign. Buckle up, phone down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, let's get right into it. We're going to bring in our guest for today, our good friend, Nate Byer, GX3 Media. Uh, incredible, the work that he does, and really uh, a great friend of the show, a great friend of us here at WSN, very graciously for uh, the better part of a decade, has, has been uh, outstanding in providing us pictures uh, for our use on our site, for articles, for, for different things. Um, so just a great resource for us. Nate, I, I can't tell you enough how how thankful we are that, that you are willing to help us out. Um, and so thank you and welcome to the uh, WSN podcast for the first time. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me again. Uh, has it really been about 10 years? I guess if I think about it, yeah, I guess that probably is the case. That's a while. That's a while. It is a while. And let's start at the beginning. And you know, how did you get to this point? How did you get to where you are today? How did you get into photography? How did you get into, you know, focusing heavily on sports photography? What, what got you to this point? Well, let's jump back into high school. So that like with a lot of kids, high school can, can put you on a path, um, for, for life per se. And, you know, I, I, I'm an art kid. Um, drawing has always been a big part of my life and, um, I did art stuff, but which is fine. And that transformed, I think in high school, um, I will give this shout out. Yes. I went to Royal high school in beautiful Elroy, Wisconsin, home of, uh, former governor, Tommy Thompson. Um, I mean, art was my thing. Um, but then the digital side of art started to be uh, started to become more available at the high school level. By the time I was a junior and senior, I had some opportunities there and I liked exploring that. I went to college at Viterbo University in La Crosse. I was going down the path to art education because I said, well, very practically, ah, I can make art. 
if you teach art, what are you supposed to do? You play classic rock and you tell kids to go paint or draw or doodle or something. You know what? There's a lot more to it than that. And just along the way, you know, life kind of takes you in different directions. And, and I fell down the photography design route a little bit more than just the fine art. And it kind of all came together differently than than how I imagined. But I will always say that the influences growing up with animation, comic books, pop culture stuff in the 80s and 90s, that's really what brought me to where I'm at today. And I just use sports as my vehicle to kind of uh, take my talent or, or give it give that talent a direction, if that makes sense. So what was your entry point into you know, high school sports photography. Um, did, did you start doing that at Viterbo for, for a class? Like how, how did you get into doing high school sports photography specifically? Well, this is another influence. Uh, we had a, a multimedia class in high school or we started one when I was a junior. So obviously if you start a class at the high school level, you know, there are a lot of bugs to work out and kinks to work out, but we had this, uh, what they, what, what our teachers would have said, this is a really expensive camera. And it was a, one of the, you know, one of the first digital cameras that was available. Um, I don't know how to describe it. it it's, it was a big, like almost rectangular prism um that would be that <laughs> that our phones today blow away but it had this big old like hard flop like floppy disk type thing that you would put in um like it was huge it was different but we shot photos and photos were cool because again like digital photography you take a photo you'll look at it one second later and you can can see it right there so we were enamored by that i had opportunities i shot sports we were good at sports at royal so it was fun to shoot sports because we had good sports and then i tried to get out of it when i went to college but i couldn't because i just kept coming up with opportunities i started creating opportunities and created you know again work for myself to do and lo and behold yeah I'm, I'm still here doing that sort of thing uh gx3 media is your your company when did that start and how did that start as kind of a freelance independent thing as opposed to maybe you know going and I, I don't know what jobs are available now or, or were at that time in terms of photography at newspapers or more traditional media but why GX3 and how GX3? Um, I think I I just thought it was part of if you're going to kind of have a, a let's say a, if you're going to do a thing, I could have called it Nate Byer Photography or whatever. You know, there are dozen hundreds of people out there that that try to be photographers, and most of the time you'll see John Smith Photography, um, Donna Joe, whatever. I get it. It works. I didn't want to be limited to just photography. So I said, we're going to call it media. We're going to use the word media, the GX3. Um, well, that came from something, again, that we did in high school. It was kind of a throwaway thing when I helped some friends for a class project. And the GX3 stands, it actually stands for gobble, gobble, gobble. We came up with this weird thing while we were making um, a class project film. And then I just shortened it up a few years later. I said, nah, that, that doesn't necessarily refl reflect the brand that I want to put out there. So I shortened it up. Um, GX3 Media. Uh, it has a different feel to it. It has a little more open-ended feel to it. And honestly, like a lot of what I did was just 
knocking on doors and trying to peddle my wares more or less um pushing myself to hey go here try this hey go here try this ask these guys if they need help with something and really just i guess so showing some sort of initiative that this is what i want to do i still just need to find a way to do it and who is willing to help facilitate that and and i continue to find like i said find opportunity and take opportunity to continue to build uh to, con- to continue to build the brand and and just the business speaking of taking opportunities i'll be honest like we've we've known each other and been friends for so many years at this point i don't remember the first time that we met or interacted or it might have been by email the first time i don't i don't even remember like how do you remember how you got connected with us or how we started that relationship because i i don't quite honestly uh i don't either um i mean i remember that we were at some football games together 10 12 years ago um before that again i wasn't on anybody's map and then i didn't really know how to put myself into that position um I thought very, very, very locally the first couple of years after college, but then I started to see things and, and Wisports at that time had really had, had started to grow a little differently. And here and there, you know, honestly, I think people there ended up just using my stuff. There wasn't people, you know, it wasn't necessarily you, but however, they were finding my images and I could see my, I saw my images probably getting used, probably getting used without permission. Um, But that led me to something where there had to be a conversation someplace. Hey, I see you guys are using this. That's cool. And me and my uh, naive state of mind at that point in time, Hey, that's okay. Just you want more stuff? Do you want something here? Do you want something here? And that's really kind of how I've done it with newspapers, how I've done it with other publications, online, offline, uh, whatever. Um, hey, do you want something? I'm going here. You want something from this? Hey, I'm going here. You want something uh, from that? And and you've seen, I think a lot of people that, that are listening have probably seen my path of destruction at any given weeknight is pretty wide. I end up in a lot of places. So for me to get out and to say, Hey, I'm going here. Yeah. That's not a surprise, but I'm in the field and that's, that's where I, I want to do the work. And speaking of people seeing you out at games, if people have not seen Nate at a game, uh, they're not looking hard enough because, uh, uh, hard to miss. Um, Usually wearing shorts, right? Uh, often wearing sandals, um, the long curly hair, uh, beard and glasses. Uh, you you kind of tend to, to stick out a little bit, I, I think is a, a fair way to put it. You know, I, I've got had a few people uh, like our state tournaments. I'm kind of the fixture there because I'm at, I would say, the majority of them. And I'm at the majority of them for more than just an hour. Uh, boys State basketball and, and state football are probably the two big examples. I get a number of people that they'll say something to me. Hey, I saw you last year. Hey, we saw you a couple of years ago. Or, or you know, they, they're curious. Hey, we see you here every year. You know, who do you work for? What do you do? Why are you here? And then I have to try to go through a really abbreviated uh, uh, spiel with them to, to explain why I'm here, what I'm doing, uh, and who I am. Um, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, I, I do stand out, and that's kind of, I mean, unfortunately, wearing the shorts and the flip flops on, or or no shoes at all, is a staple. And I've I've kind of pigeonholed myself or put myself in a corner when it's, uh, you know, let's say state football and it's snowing and it's 10 degrees outside. 
Yeah, that's, I'm just going to say like, that's, that's, that's a hard uh, reputation to live up to in, in some of those instances. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's taken on a life of its own a little bit. I mean, there's the, uh, the I spy Nate hashtag that a lot of people post on, on social media, when they see you at a game, they'll take pictures of you taking pictures. Um, you were, uh, featured on, was it WKBT up in the, um, up in the lacrosse area, uh, you know, kind of turning into somebody that people recognize what, what has that experience been like? Well, uh, I, I guess you can talk about quote unquote celebrity. It's fine. Um, I look at it this way, like, like I'm a different type of media person. Um, uh, there are a lot of media out there. Um, but they, I don't want to say stick to the shadows. They're, they're, they're quiet. They're, they do their job. And most of them are writers, you know, your writers. And again, I'm a unique blend of a lot of different fields. Yes, I do photography, but then there's also this design work. There's this, there's, there is a writing element that I do provide at least a little bit um, or that I can provide. Um, again, my presence just, it, it, it's different because do I want the attention? I'll be honest. I'm, I, I like the attention. I think it's okay. Uh, I, I tend to believe I'm relatively humble about a lot of it. And if nothing else approachable, I think that's the way I, I like to think about it as being being approachable because I want to know my athletes. I want to know some of their parents. Some of them are crazy, so we don't want to deal with the crazies necessarily. But I mean, you you, you want the coaches, you want the people there to know that you're there and you're kind of in their corner. I mean, there's something about that, that down, I don't want to say down home country, but that's not, that's not really what I'm thinking. It's that small town, um, local guy covering your stuff. And even though my local is like 25% of the state, um, it, that, that's a big swatch of territory, but still to have this, this connection with people, I think like coaches, like players would talk about it's the connections and relationships with people. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of celebrity or, or awareness. I go places and I walk around and I hear people talk as I pass, um, trying to explain to the guy next to him, you know, who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Did I expect that? I mean, I kind of, I wanted it. I didn't know if I had necessarily expected it. And I'm not the type of person to go out and be like, you know, uh, come at me and and tell me that I'm really good at stuff. Like I like to hear it. It's great. But um, I want people, I want people to know who I am because I, I, I want to know people. I love people. I was going to ask you that. And I think you, you answered it pretty well, but you know, what is, what is your goal? What is your philosophy? What is your style when it comes to covering high school sports? Um, or, or, you know, again, I think you kind of summed it up pretty well uh, in that last answer as well. So I've been doing this. I don't know. What is this? This is year 14, maybe full-time covering sports full-time for about 14 years. Um, I've done it for about 20 or 21 years, uh, very locally, but again, the last 10 or 12 have been like every year. I, I, I tend to spread it out a little bit more the past six or seven of, I kind of have a range. I know that I can't really get a whole lot bigger. Um, but in terms of my my approach is uh, the, the, my bread and butter. It's my small schools. It's my small communities. Why? Because they are. I don't want to say media starved, but they 
like the attention. They like the recognition. I think that's the better way to look at it. They love the recognition. And as much as I, as much as people believe there's, there's something greater to going bigger, going to a Madison, Milwaukee, maybe a green Bay uh, or that, that, that Appleton Fox Valley area, even for me around here, like going to lacrosse and covering some of that stuff. Honestly, a lot of those bigger schools, they, I hate to say it, they don't care. They don't care if the media shows up because of how those communities are are, are built, because of how they're divided by having multiple schools in the community. Um, and when it comes to your small towns, you know, they they tend to care a little a little differently. There's a little different sense of heart. Again, good there there are good parts and bad parts to that, but there's a different heart that comes along with it. And I've uh, I've noticed and realized again, I have a great following in uh, my small towns that I hit because the the bigger media outlets don't always find them. What how would you describe or what is your style artistically as a photographer? Like, do, do you feel like you have a style or what are you trying to, to do as you are taking pictures? Because I I've always said, I, 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 I think you're the best sports high school sports photographer in the state. Um, give us some incredible images, but what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? What is your style as a photographer from kind of that artsy side? Well, again, I don't know if I could say that there's a style per se. Um, a lot of what I do is literally collecting images for, you know, for news things to, to, to show and to present. However, I do treat it as an art at times as well. I have to remind myself again, uh, like you said, we're in the middle of our post season for spring, which is what I call basically it's a season from hell. Um, these next two or three weeks are just it's early mornings, late nights shooting stuff. It's rough. And it's fun, but I have to remind myself, you have to make art. You have to show things in a way that are, that, that you have to show sport, show sport in a way that is different and unique track and field. I can shoot running all the live long day. That's fine. But how can I reinvent the wheel? So would I share something on my social media to get you engaged differently, to make you think about it differently? Sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes it's literally just, it's a photo of three sprinters duking it out down that, down that stretch to see who wins. And it's the strain of the muscle. It's, it's the, it's the body position. Okay. That may be in and of itself, the art other times baseball and softball provides so many cool, like in between moments. It's way, it's looking inside the dugout, looking for that kid that's staring off into left field. It's, it's, uh, I spent, what was it, two weeks ago? I spent two or three innings at a Toma softball game photographing the pitcher as she drug her foot during her windup and release. Why? Because I wanted to get the shoe, I wanted to get the spray of that dirt from, again, from that, from that kick and trying to get, what I would call the perfect shot. Did I get it? I don't know. I got something that I would say is about 75% correct, but that's presenting sport in a different way and in a different light. And I do think that's what separates me from a lot of other, I would say a lot of newspaper photographers. And most of them honestly are, are reporters that they give a camera to 
So we can't expect a lot out of them. Uh, I'm shooting differently than a lot of the momtographers out there that, you know, team mom shooting team mom stuff. Okay, great. Um, it, 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 my role needs to be to present sport in a different way because we've lost that in the media. I think that's something that um, our media, because we're trying to make it faster, more efficient, cut jobs every place. We just need this. We just need this. Just get it done. We also need to take time to stop and appreciate the art that sport can be and sport can bring. It's almost, you know, you could parallel it with our spring sports. We don't take the time to really enjoy our spring sports because we try to digest them in a six week period. And when six of those weeks get eaten up by wet, like rain and snow and well, whatever, you know, so my spring sport coaches understand they lost a bunch of uh, a bunch of play dates because of weather related things. You have to crush your season into a short amount of time and it's hard to actually sit back, stop and enjoy the roses. And that's something that if I remind myself to do, I can do that with sport through photography. And I think that's that's something that we all need and we all miss. Reminder to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Nate, you have uh, you have shot just about every sport under the sun. Um, is there one that is your favorite to shoot? Favorite to shoot is, uh, well, I'll tell you this. Right now, spring sports are a lot of fun for me. But typically, I say everything in the fall. Um, why? Because our weather is consistent. Our sports are outside for the most part, except for volleyball, which I don't know why volleyball has to play in the fall. Um, we we look at uh, football. Obviously, that's that's one. But uh, in you know, football gives gives is its own monster, and I love it, and it's great, and it's fun. And now that we have more and more, I'm seeing a lot of more you know a lot more Thursday night, Saturday afternoon games. The way that I believe we should be enjoying football, spread it out a little bit so we can all enjoy it a little bit more. Um, football becomes more enjoyable. I get more daylight games. That's that's better for everybody. Uh, making those lights even extra special when you do get to play them. And everybody should have to play a day game because a, for me, photographically, there are cool things that I can do, but B, because it does make those lights a little, a little more special when you get to play under them instead of a rite of passage, it becomes a, a different type of privilege. Um, but everything in the fall, cross country, uh, on some of those courses, as the leaves fall, as the as the those cornfields that they run past turn from green to gold, uh, golf has the same thing. Uh, there's, I don't know how you top fall. There's nothing like it. That cool, crisp air. It's, I don't know, you tell me, what, what, what do you like? Do you like that spring? Do you like that fall? Or would you rather sit in a gym all winter watching kids dribble balls and shooting at a hoop? <laughs> I mean, I, I love being on the sideline for high school football, being that close to the action. And like you said, there's just something different about being outside and the, the weather, whether it's a, a warm, you know, late summer evening, or it's a, that cool, crisp, you know, early October day, whatever it might be there. There's something cool about that. I love going to high school basketball games still, uh, you know, the big games with the big atmospheres and the, the, the band and, and everything else like that, that's still so unique and so special. Uh, so I'll take a cop out way as well. Like uh, each one kind of prevents its own 
challenges. And that was my next question. Is there a sport or maybe a season that is the most challenging to, uh, to photograph because of the logistics, because of where you have to set up, because of how the game is played, whatever it might be. Is there, is there one that's more challenging than others? Well, I'll start with football as, as football is my low hanging fruit because everybody thinks they have to play at seven o'clock on Friday night. I don't adhere to that religion. My religion is high school football. I don't care if we play at four. We played at four o'clock when I was in high school and it was great. Um, and I loved going to Darlington before, before they put lights in because they would play their games after school and you'd watch these kids. The, the elementary kids just come bouncing down the hill, just like us in high school. Kids, we'd get done to school. You just walk across the parking lot, and your game was there. There's nothing. I mean, that that's a different. You, you have a different buzz about it. Um, so to move, like I said, moving those games, some Thursdays, some Fridays, some Saturdays, that helps me because I want to see more football. But that's football. The, the hardest is the spring, the spring in general. One, because of all of our weather issues. Two, because, well, everybody's playing ball at five o'clock at night. And that's a, that's a sticky point for me, mostly because, hey, we've got beautiful weather out right now. Um, okay, not today. It's raining today. Uh, but when we have beautiful weather, last night we had beautiful weather. It was cool, but it was fine. I had a 7.30 baseball game at Carson Park in Eau Claire. And for those who have been at Carson at night, it's a phenomenal place to sit and watch a ball game with everything being nice like it was. Hey, if you have lights, why are you not playing at night? Let your parents get there. Give them time so they can finish out the workday, take their time, get to the get to the baseball diamond, 6, 6.30 at night, enjoy a ball game. They're going to come in. They were going to want some, some supper. So grill them some hot dogs, take their money, let them sit, give them a good game. I had a good game last night and Oliva Strom, uh, Eau Claire, Emmanuel Luther. And it was, it was a good Darielin conference matchup. And the crowd is great. Like you don't get, you probably would have had 30% of the crowd there if it would have been played at five. And, and, and again, just the, the time slots and utilizing those, uh, better, um, a allows me to see a little bit more. Uh, the other thing when it comes to baseball and softball, and I've said this, I've made posts about it. I'll talk about it all the live long day. Having to watch a game through chain link fence is the worst thing. And I understand there's some practical, there's some practicality to, to, to putting chain link in, but those fields that put their baseball at a, at a different level that take care of it a little differently and, and utilize netting behind the be, you know, with behind the backstop. So fans can actually watch the game better. Yeah. Those places, they go up five or six notches in my book because they're actually thinking, how can we give our fans uh, a, a better watch of this game instead of let's just, let's just put this baseball diamond in real quick, get it done. So we don't have to deal with it for another 50 years. Chain link isn't going anywhere. I get it, but Having, you know, putting a little more TLC into the whole thing, it looks great. And for those that do it, love them. I love them for it. And those those communities like Viroqua, Viroqua and, and GET have both redone their fields in the past uh, five to 10 years. They went with the netting. Netting is great. People should love watching baseball there and they should show up in droves to watch baseball there. And, and there's nothing better than that. Those are, I guess, some of the some of the things that that I guess I would talk about in terms of challenges. The time slot, think about it. Baseball, softball, it's hard to go to a game if you're a casual fan, if it's at five. Again, once our days get longer and our weather is more consistent, why aren't we playing later? I get it. 
Well, that leads me right into my next question. We asked this of our, our good friend, Jimmy Cuska a, a couple weeks ago, but you know, you're, you have uh, been named the czar of high school sports in Wisconsin, theoretically, and you have three immediate changes that you can make to rules, schedules, calendars, uh, whatever it is. What are those things that you would change about high school sports if given that power? Oh, this is interesting. This is really only theoretical. I, I think so. I don't think you've uh, been hired in that position yet, but maybe, I, maybe I'm not aware. I don't think czars get hired. I think czars just take over. Anyways, I don't need to do that. I've got other things that I need to that I need to worry about. But um, a couple of things that I would look at would be number one. Uh, maybe not number again. Let's let's not put these in a certain like uh, amount of importance. Um, one of the things I would like to see done is uh, for our playoff football. I would like to see it not all happen the same night. I would like to reward maybe reward those higher seeds so they can play on a Friday night. Maybe your lowest lower seeds play on a Saturday. I want to split up the playoff system because I do think that there are a bunch of old timers. And there's some younger ones, and there are just people that would like to go scout, watch, watch a game. We need to get that game in front of people um, a little bit more, uh, you know, football in, in, in general, or give them more options. There are people, if your town, if the next town over is playing, you're going to go watch them on a Saturday. Let's give them that option. When you all play at Friday night at the same time, it's really hard to see more than one game. And if you're the WIA, I, I would believe that you could make at least a little bit more money by going to a system like that. Is it a little more complicated? Uh, there's some logistical things, sure. But I still say it's playoff football. People will come watch. If you split it up, you're probably going to get a slightly higher attendance count. And for them, that's an easy way to to, to bolster their, 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 their revenue. And that's what, you know, they need to make some money too. I understand the, the business side of it. Um, if I can piggyback off that when it comes to football, I would, you know, I'm going to count this as our 1A, probably get rid of Division 7, try to push teams to co-op or go to the eight-man system. We're asking, I think, too much of kids when we, hey, this is our football team. I have a number of teams around here. We've had 22 guys. We're playing 11-man football. And I say, why? You're asking for trouble. And then if you can't get your younger kids to play at the level they should be playing at, i.e. a JV schedule, then you're really putting them and your program at, at risk. So we'll count that as one. Uh, number two, I want more kids to participate in sport. I don't know how we do it. But if you look at numbers... It, I feel like our high school sport participation has dropped. Some sports are way worse than others. Girls basketball, even girls softball, kind of maybe our girls sports and our traditional girls sports uh, outside of volleyball, their numbers, the numbers are bad. And, and we lose teams. We're losing teams. We're losing co-ops. We're losing even, even I, mean, I hate to say it, but like, good athletes in certain sports because they're either going to a different sport, they're focusing on single sporting or who knows what else, just general apathy. We, I want more kids to, to, to get involved in sport, even if your team isn't great and, but you can have a, a great team atmosphere. You've probably been on teams before where maybe you guys didn't win a lot, but being part of that team meant more to you than necessarily, you know, it kind of, it kind of counterbalanced the winning and the losing per se, if I, if I'm right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I'm sure, again, you've covered, do you have a count, by the way, of how many different teams or schools or games or anything that, that you have covered? 
Um, no. So my official coverage area includes uh, 40 schools, officially 40 schools. That includes the Ridge and Valley, the Scenic Bluffs, the Cooley, the Mississippi Valley, and the Dairyland Conferences. Those are That's my primary area. However, because again, I'm connected to other places, I'm in the Western Clover Belt, a little bit of the Dunn St. Croix, the Southwest Wisconsin, the Swall, and the Six Rivers. I mean, those those three Southern conferences are really are really good to me as well. I like to go to those places. And then obviously that's Wisconsin. I'll jump into Iowa a little bit. I'm getting ready for my first Iowa softball game here Friday. Minnesota a little bit. I mean, I, I'm in a lot of schools. I'm in a lot of probably too many schools. And, and, but that's the thing. Like, do I keep track of the number of schools kind of number of games? I don't know. Every year I try to hit a hundred girls games, a hundred girls games when it comes to basketball, but I'll be honest, I never hit it. I fail every year. And a lot of that is probably due to the fact that I try to give wrestling a number of dates, hockey. I love gymnastics. I really love, I'm trying to see all the different sports and there's out. I mean, there, there, there's, I don't, think there's anybody else out there doing exactly what I do the way that I'm doing it. Somebody's covering, somebody's covering this one hockey team, but they're not shooting wrestling and they're definitely not shooting gymnastics. I'm a weird mix of a lot of things that you probably aren't going to find anyplace else. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that, that we have uh, become friends and worked together for, for a long time, but what you just said right there is kind of sums up what we do at WSN as well, where we, uh, nobody else is doing what we do at the level that we do it. And so there's definitely a, you know, a kindred spirit and, in, in uh, you know, a lot of similarities to, to what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I think that's one of the reasons that we have, have worked so well together over the years, speaking of over the years, uh, thousands and thousands of games that you've covered tens of thousands of athletes, probably over the course of uh, 14 or 15 years. Is there anything that stands out, any games or moments that stand out, any photographs that you've taken that, that stand out amongst the crowd that you're, you're most proud of? And I, I know this is a podcast and it's, so it's hard to, to, to get into that visually, but I, I wanted to ask the question anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. You know, uh, when, when you sent me a couple of notes about what to talk about and you, you presented this question yesterday, I sat down and made a couple of notes and, and what games stick out, you know, just like athletes and coaches. A lot of the games just blend together and it's, you know, it becomes the people, but I'm not going to take that cop out. Um, I thought I had my world's greatest softball game in 2010 when I watched, I think it was 2010 when I watched Arcadia beat Grantsburg to go to state in softball. And then I think it was the next year, the year after I pretty sure I had about the world's greatest softball game you could ask for. Uh, it was Luther and Poinette, I think division three at the time, sectional final they played it in bangor you had two top tier pitchers dueling and shoot the game got locked up uh for whatever reason the wia let them play at bangor a field that doesn't have lights anyways the game was tied and it got to be dark so they had to pull the plug and okay so so one thing this game is going two days and they're going into extra innings that's cool Came back the next day again. They're in extras and they battle longer. They keep going. Um, and then I believe it was, I don't know what it was, 11 or 12 innings, something along those lines. Uh, point at went up. Bottom of the inning, Luther puts the runners on the bases, blasts a home run to win the, the walk-off home run. 
kids come around the base, everybody's going nuts because you're going to state. And then all of a sudden it goes, oh, it does a 180 and flips because one of the runners, as they celebrated coming into home, didn't touch home plate. So point out appealed that that the call got the call it was an out uh, that happened and ended the ball game and so point at went from nothing from like down to the dumb stuff high and luther did the opposite high to low i don't want to know what that feels like as a coach i hear about it from some of the the, the luther coaching staff uh, on a yearly basis and he he he's fun about it their, their pitching coach gives me a hard time about it um you know but that was an was about the most epic softball game that I could have been part of extra innings game to go to state uh, probably doesn't matter who went to state like I th- point out I think one state that year if Luther would have went to state they probably would have won state that year like that's the that, that was that that's one of those rare finds and you know do I have a football game like that not that really jumps out in my head do I have a basketball game like that you know watching my high school Royal make it to state to become the first ever scenic bluffs conference boys basketball team to get to state back in 2010. That was fun. However, for all the ups and downs that it caused this year's Bangor Southwestern game to go to state was one of also the the wildest type of games. Same thing. There is a controversial call that happened in the thing. You've got people that were ticked off about things, other people that were okay with things. And Bangor going on to finish second in state like like and the way that that game was Southwestern and Bangor like that was such a it was a good game regardless of the call that people don't like or do like that game was ridiculous it was it was that is the epitome of what I would maybe call epic when you know what they combined for what five six kids total that fall out in the game you go to overtime it's Bangor's got four of their top six starters on the bench. Southwestern's big is out. Maybe another kid fell out too. I mean, it was down to the wire. And because state's at stake, like that is a wild moment that should live in infamy. Like those are two of the, probably the bigger games that I, that I can recall that right now are really impactful. But like I said earlier, I see so many games. So many of those moments are, I remember them at the time. But over, but over time, I see so many high-level things. It kind of, I don't want to say it all blends together, but it kind of does, for better or for worse. Well, a lot of it for the better, a lot of great games, a lot of great teams that you have seen, and a lot of great uh, content that you have produced as well. Um, before we before we wrap up, any anything else of note? Any, anything that, uh, you know, you got in the hopper? Anything that people should know about or, or might find interesting about Nate Byer and GX3 Media? Yeah, they should know that uh, when I, it comes to summer, I disappear because after spring, spring is a murderer's row of events. And these next two or three weeks, like I said, are hell are hell weeks. And then I disappear, hopefully, so I can come back and do it again for another year. I just, again, right now, I'm, I'm so far behind on stuff because, hey, let's face it, uh, when I'm running, you know, eight or nine hours a day on the road trying to shoot stuff, there's not enough time to edit. There's a lot of good stuff. I have a lot of good stuff. I just, I don't have time to get it all out there. And I I wish I would, but I would always tell people go visit the website, 
gx3media.smugmug.com. That has all the complete galleries on it. Uh, if you're not following the Facebook page, that's pretty much what I've cut myself down to because I don't have time to do a lot of other socials. Uh, whatever. I think it is uh, GX3 Media on Facebook, something like that. I forget. Um, that's where I try to get some interesting stuff out because, again, I need sport information to go out. And it's different than the way that you guys do sports. You guys are sport. You guys are are better to to showcase stats and scores. That's not what, really what I'm here for. I'm reporting on the games that I see, but. I also just want people to see sport, hopefully in a different in a different light or a unique light, or to bring daylight to some of my weird places that nobody ever goes to, like a Lafarge, like a Lafarge, like a Gilmanton, like oh, let's see, Ritson Center. Does anybody go there? I don't know. I think it's a small school that nobody good has ever come from, but maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> well, then you obviously missed the statue of Travis Wilson out front. Must have must have walked right by it. I, yep, you're right. Uh, th- there was something. I thought it was a bell, but maybe it is definitely you. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> well, Nate, uh, not only do we encourage people to to visit your uh, your Smug Mug site, the Facebook page, but we encourage people to uh, uh, appropriately use content uh, from from you. I, I know that you've started to use a little bit uh, harsher of a watermark recently. Uh, because a lot of people would grab your stuff, grab screenshots or whatever, and without attribution or, or without paying more more specifically. So, folks, if you're if you're going to use stuff from Nate, please take advantage of uh, of of paying for it. Um, whether you use it for your profile picture, you know, senior pictures, uh, your senior slideshow, whatever, very reasonable, outstanding work that Nate does. And again, a, a huge huge friend and a huge uh, help of ours at WSN. If you're listening to this, you probably already know Nate. Let's be honest. Most of you do. If you don't, uh, he provides the vast majority of photos that we use on our site. So please, if you if you want to support WSN, please support Nate in what he does at GX3 Media and uh, not only visit his stuff, but but buy stuff uh, from, from games that he shoots of yours as well. Nate, always good to catch up. Uh, it's been, what has it been? A little while, I guess, state basketball since uh since we've seen each other but uh obviously football is coming up i'm sure we'll run into each other there hopefully we'll uh we'll connect this summer but again a huge thank you from all of us at wsn for the help that you uh provide to us and uh have a a great summer just kind of laying low and taking it easy sitting poolside lifeguarding making sure kids know how to swim that's my idea of a wonder oh and going to iowa for baseball softball that's my idea of a fantastic summer Well, there you go. A a big thanks to Nate for stopping by and joining us today. Uh, A lot of great information, a lot of great uh, kind of backstory on on how Nate got to where he is today. Uh, But that will do it. There's a lot of action coming up this week and the next couple weeks as spring sports wrap up. Be sure you check it out. You can get all kinds of information at wisports.net. But that will do it for today's episode of the wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. He's Nate Beyer. We'll see you at a game.